guys, uh, welcome to another episode of The Ali Show and today we have a very special guest, entrepreneur Mr. Pat McPhee. How Thank are you, you, good sir? I'm good bro, I'm good. Thanks How for you... having me. Oh man, it's a pleasure. It's, uh, man, I really appreciate you taking out your time of your very, very busy, hectic schedule, especially the end of the year. And uh, to come here with us and uh, do this podcast. So, how have you been, Pat? How's, I've been uh, good, bro. I'm stoked to be here because, like, I've never been on a fighter podcast before. So, <laughs> I was like, wow, yeah, no, that sounds good. I, I, I don't know anything about fighting, but <laughs> well, I'll be into it. You're a fighter in life, brother. <laughs> Let's that's, go. That's the biggest one. That's the most important one. Yeah. If you yeah. lose that fight, then there's no point doing anything else. Got to contend, bro, every that's day. That's it. But, well, I wouldn't say really it's um, just a fighter's podcast. I kind of have a bit of, like, everybody. So yeah. I haven't really, like, limited. I mean, generally, most of the previous ones that I've had were fighters yeah. or have something to do with sports or fighting. But um, you've actually had, a, you actually have a very interesting story yourself, which I will get to in a bit. But um, anyway, Pat, um, before uh, I talk too much, um, for those who don't know who you are, could you just mm. give a brief introduction about yourself? Yeah, I'm Pat McPhee, um, digital entrepreneur, and uh, last sort of 10 years working in the technology space and the content space, uh, did a big stint at Zero as a global director of media, established a global media team there. It wasn't actually one before I went in there, so um, that was a, a massive experience and working on a global business 24-7 around the world, global team, um, incredible opportunity. And to be able to do it out of New Zealand is really, really unique. So, yeah, I, I uh, often thought that I'd have to go and be based out of the US if I wanted to continue my career. And, and um, so I'm really thankful that, you know, Zero came along and, and I didn't have to go and relocate um, to Silicon Valley because, you know, look at, Look at America now. <laughs> it's crazy. It it's is, crazy uh, over there. So yeah, wild. so I, I was there place. at uh, Zero for a while and then uh, left there July last year. Mm. Man, seems like a blur this year. So. Wow. And um, founded uh, Indigo, uh, which is a design and innovation company. And taking a lot of the frameworks that... Um, I developed and that we utilized at zero to create high growth and scale globally and took those principles and started working with, uh, you know, high growth companies, sort of scale ups. Typically it was a company that wanted to go from, you know, they probably do at least 10 mil a year and they want to get to a hundred. Mm. And so, you know, I had the principles because I'd been involved with the business through that period of time. and. And uh, so I started Indigo to help other businesses be like the next zero. Wow. Um, and yeah, that was going fantastically well. Um, we grew fast and had a big team and invested in people. And, and then COVID hit. And, um, you know, virtually overnight, I think this was like 72 hours, 72 hour period, we lost about a half a million bucks in, in work. And um, we were just in the throes of closing an investment round. Mm. And um, the investors, quite rightly so, they were like, nah, man, we can't invest. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. It's not the smartest yeah, time so, to... No, nah, it wasn't. No, it wasn't for them. And I respect that. And so, but we found ourselves like, you know, 
on Friday, we thought we were going to be okay. On Monday, it was like, oh, the shit has hit the fan. I remember getting my um, getting my team together and like, guys, like, this is not good. Um, we're an innovation company. We need to innovate right now. Mm. Otherwise, it was literally innovate or die. And so that's what we did. We sat in that room for three hours and... Um, we thought about the pain in the situation and the scale of the pain for small business, small businesses like our own. And, um, you know, as we've seen disasters, natural disasters, um, things like, you know, terrorist attacks, and you see those things play out and I'm kind of, Hey guys, Ali here. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast. We appreciate your love and your support. If you're not already on board, please do follow us on here and share it with your friends and family. If you prefer a visual experience, our videos are actually up on YouTube at the Ali channel. Please don't forget to subscribe, like and share and leave a comment or feedback if you like. And also you can follow us on our socials at the underscore Ali underscore channel for Instagram and on our Facebook page at The Ali Channel. We'll see you soon and I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. I'm a bit weird because I look for the patterns and in everything and so I really paid attention um, probably from 9-11 and then the Christchurch earthquake and then the tsunami in Japan and just like everything that's happened in the global financial crisis and when we have moments like we had in March um, what I had observed in the pattern that I recognized before is that information becomes the most value, valuable commodity. And so in the small businesses world, um, where they didn't know what the hell was going on, I knew that, okay, this is a global disaster. People will want information. My business is an essential service but I think I can pivot and I think I can become essential to the world of small businesses if I can be the guy providing them with the information that they need right now. So many businesses are like, what the hell do we do? Mm. And so um, we engineered this idea of collapsing the value chain around how small businesses normally get access to information and mentorship and advice. And, uh, you know, typically they have to um, enroll to um, some government program to um, access some funding and fill out a bunch of forms and then they get connected to somebody and then that someone does an assessment of them mm. and then like two or three weeks later you get to meet somebody and talk to them yeah and uh, you know in the middle of the pandemic you just can't roll like that mm. like you need information now fast yeah yeah, because like it's fast or die. Mm -hmm. And so we decided to build a platform that connected small businesses to the best in the business to answer their questions and to do it quick. So we, um, we were ready to roll. We contracted a developer out of Poland. My design team wow. worked through the day and the um, dev team worked through the night and we got the application ready in three days. Wow. And we launched it. That is an insane turnaround time. Nobody slept, honestly. Nobody slept for three days and we got it up. 
and um, and then the country went into lockdown. And it was yeah. perfect timing. Oh, actually, yeah. It was perfect timing because like, oh my God, what do I do? How do I contact my customers? Can I sell? Can I deliver? Like all the questions. What about my building lease? Um, you know, what about my staff? Oh my gosh, do I have to make people redundant? Um, does HR law, is it still apl applicable in the pa pandemic? Can I just fire people? Like it was a whole, <laughs> yeah. it was just questions. And um, questions. like literally overnight it blew up. And uh, the platform that we launched was called Monarchy because that's what we asked all these uh, incredible business advisors to do. We asked them um, to show their Monarchy for our small business economy by providing advice. And so that's what they did on mass. We had 80 people to begin with, um, hundreds of questions coming in. And uh, we started to create a movement. We created a movement of care, a movement of monarchy that demonstrated that um, even the biggest ballers in the game were willing to step up and step into the breach and, and help small businesses. But, you know, I think the genius really in what we did well, a big part of it and, and why it created so much impact is, you know, Monarchy is an incredible concept. It's very, very deep. Mm. And um, that depth gave us a lot to, to call on. And um, it gave our advisors and then it gave small business something to rally around. And we wanted to create this um, engagement, this moment for our advisors that, you know, like when you see the All Blacks do the haka, right? And it's just, it's you know, fire. Yeah, it's, it's fire. It, it's like it, it lets up that fire inside of you. And then like you see New Zealanders when they go offshore and like, if they're like, you know, they might've never done the haka before, bro, <laughs> but like if somebody's winning something, like yeah, the, the that, dudes pull out the wackest haka, but you know, but the, from a place mm. of genuine um, pride yeah. and passion and identity, and so what we wanted to do with Monarchy is to give business people the opportunity to feel like they were in the World Cup final mm. doing a haka, being able to express their pride and their patriotism and, and um, their care. And that's what the Monarchy brand became about and created an incredible piece of content that like featured everybody um, Izzy was in it. Yeah, uh, the prime minister was in it. <laughs> like everybody was in it. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, that was the one that um, really caught my attention as well. It was right. during that whole pandemic, and you guys came out and doing what you did. I was like, man, these guys are crazy. Like, yeah. how are they, how is it they're still doing all this in the middle of all of this? Yeah, you know, and uh, obviously it's caught you know it caught attention of a lot of other people as well. Yeah, it was like. It was also a, um, it was a, it was a real test to be like, uh, am I actually an innovator or, or do I just talk a bunch of shit and get paid a bunch of money mm. from people to be a, to be an innovation consultant? <laughs> like, can I actually do it? Yeah. And so for me and the team, a lot of it was like, okay, let's go innovate now, mofo. Mm. It's a pandemic. What are you waiting for? This mm. is the moment. And um, so we put a lot of things to the test and, um, you know, we, we learned a lot. Uh, we, we built the plane while we were flying it, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, but it was good to test out those principles 
in real life, get real feedback and do it in real time. But, you know, like our Instagram lives, we just went live every night mm -hmm. for I don't know how many months. Yeah, it was quite a while. <laughs> you guys had quite a few people on. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so all of that created this massive momentum. And um, we had this, I had this um, crazy hypothesis that we, if we could, if we could build traction and um, create a community and a movement, that movement might create the income that enabled our business to survive. Because when the pandemic hit and we lost all that money, I was like, I had 90 days worth of cash runway. And that's, and, that's for a business that's like, you know, yeah, you have to be on your toes. Yeah, and, um, and I think we had like 11 staff at that point in time. And, and uh, I said to, to Monts, um, the co-founder of Indigo, and um, Andy, one of the partners that had just come on, and my wife, and I said, look, guys, you know, if we're going to be what we say we are, if we're going to be about monarchy, if we're going to be about innovation, then I don't want any of our team to have to take a pay cut. Mm. And I don't want anybody to lose their job, and that's what we're working for right now. So as much as we're doing this for small business, for our own business, we're doing it for our people. And we just like, if we, if we, if we can't get money in a month, then, um, you know, I'll just rather spend all the money and shut down. Mm. But if we can't get money in a month, like it's going to get pretty grim. So we gave ourselves a, a month and, and thankfully we were able to wow. generate some revenue in that time and bring on some partners and yeah. Because one thing, I think the powerful thing that you guys got was attention. I think attention is, a, 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 you know, the currency that, you know, everybody is trying to get now is yeah. I want that attention, you know. If I have your attention and, you know, I have a, a good uh, message or a good plan or something that helps and works, especially in that time, people want to come on board. You know, and there were obviously, you know, it was interesting. Um, I One of my mates actually just highlighted to me uh, recently, <coughs> just quite recently, about how, you know, there were a lot of big companies who actually just recently, you know, did their um, uh, profit and losses and all that. And they actually, um, are, you know, made, they've made a lot of profit during this time, which yeah. raises a lot of questions. And a lot of these big companies as well took, you know, big help yeah, from the took government. Took the subsidy. Yeah. The subsidy and this and that whatnot. And not all of them actually returned. Mm. You know, there were a few companies that stepped up and returned the money, but uh, not all did. And which is what's interesting is, you know, how is it that they made all that money, you know? And then you look, you start to dig in into a lot of things and, you know, talking about like keeping the people on and, you know, obviously most or a lot of these companies did not do that. You know, mm. there were either a lot of pay cuts involved or a lot of redundancies, which is, you know, it's hard, especially, you know, people didn't see this coming. And not everybody has the luxury of saving, you know. Mm. As much as, uh, you know, we always, you know, society or we're always being taught to save, reality is not everybody has that luxury, you know. You have to earn enough to be able to save. To save, yeah. And like most people um, don't mm. earn enough. You know, majority of New Zealand's average wage is, is like, like who can buy a house now in, in mm. Auckland if you don't have the support of your parents and 
you know, someone's going to stump up with that deposit for you and all, all those things. So it's, yeah, it's really tough. But um, so some of those big businesses, you know, they really went missing. They went missing in COVID. Like banks had mm -hmm. the, the government-backed loan guarantee scheme, right, for small businesses. They wrote billions of dollars less in loans to small businesses during that time even though they had an 80% guarantee from the government. Like, they just did not show up. Big business did, did not step up. And it was like, it was crazy when we were planning Menaki because it was like, surely someone else is going to do this. Like, one of these big guys are going to step up and do something. Mm. And as we were watching, we were like, oh, no one's going to do anything. Or yeah. they're too big, they're too slow, they're... You know, mm. they're too encumbered. Like, I was like, okay, well, shit. If it's gonna be, it's gonna be me, so let's go. And that's what and that's what we did. We, we we stood up and small business helps small business. And people help people. That's it. People, I, back to the basic of just people, genuine people helping people. Yeah. And that was what I felt like was kind of missing in a lot of these big companies is, they were very worried about taking care of their own stuff and it's just, yeah, you deal with yours, I'll deal with mine. Mm. Yeah, a big business is about a P&L though, bro, you know? It is. That's what it's about. about keeping like, all these shareholders <laughs> happy and, you know, yeah. paying out your dividends and... I don't know, it's like, I don't know if I could really name a big business that I think has an equally big heart. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I think I could. I, I haven't really thought about it, but... Yeah, that's a good question to think yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nothing nothing pops into my head. Mm -hmm. But I think that like, you know, to talk about attention, like that's what we you know, it was that story that we magnified, that we gave resonance. The little guy helping the little guy. Mm. <coughs> Pat, I just want to rewind a little bit, um, to the beginning of this. When you started Indigo, um, you started with obviously with your uh, partner, um, Jada, is that correct? Her name Jada, yes. Yeah, my wife Jada. Yep. Your wife Jada, uh, Monty, and how how did this whole idea come about to do this? Or like, you had a really you know a really good gig going on at zero. You know, you were one of the top dogs there. Yeah. How did you make up your mind and like to right? I'm gonna run my own show now. Do my own thing. What was that whole process like? It was. Um Zero is a great place, um, amazing, amazing business. Mm. Was was um, very formative for me in a global business sense. Um, but you know, I, I really believe that in every organization, um, there's a right person for the right time. And so I'm a real, I'm a guy that likes to challenge, and I like to innovate hard, and um, you know, drive through creativity and put that at the heart of what we do. And so as the business began to grow and, you know, mature, it became increasingly difficult to do that. And so it got to the stage where um, you know, I have to take time to reflect always on my journey. And so in the moments that I took to reflect, I was like, am I actually being true to who I say I am? Staying here, collecting this big paycheck, the share program that's going on. <laughs> it's amazing and it's secure, but I feel like I'm compromising my core values and who I am just for that. And it took me about 
took me a year to decide to leave. Um, but I just, I couldn't continue to compromise who I was. And so I had to go. I had to be truthful to myself. Like, shh, I got to go. And um, it was hard telling my wife. Like, nobody that, wants that, their husband to leave that. Yeah. <laughs> that was, a, that was a, one of the conversations that, you know, is the back of mine is like, I'm going to pull off this one. Yeah, I, I had communicated to her consistently for a long time how I was feeling. So, so you, kind was, of, you kind of built it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and get this, just before I'm going to tell her, she comes home and she's like, that's it, I'm quitting my job. I was like, oh, she beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, oh. she beat me to it. And I was like, oh, oh um, I'm um, going to leave too. Because that was my opportunity. And then all of a sudden, we had both decided to leave our jobs. Oh, wow. That's and, like um, double. Yeah. And so I had, I had, a, I had a long notice period because they had to restructure and a whole bunch of stuff. And, um, but she was out of her job before I was. And then so, so for a while there, we were both unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> Yo. Well, how about then? Okay. <clears throat> And uh, obviously, you know, both of you have kids, you have family. Man, how that must have been like, you know, was it like scary? What what was going through your head? How was Bro, that? How scary as fuck. <laughs> it was scary <laughs> as fuck. But like, um, you know, that's like, mm. that's, that's when you're also alive. Mm. It's like, wow, fuck, I gotta win. My life is on the line. My family's livelihood is on the line so there is no yeah there's so much at stake um and i love i love those high stake moments i love it Ooh, give, me, like, the, give like, me the give me the ball it's like gambling eh? it's a it's <laughs> well, when, was like, when, I, when i was young when i was young <laughs> i um i spent a year um playing blackjack full-time wow yeah Oh my gosh! It's so adrenaline. I, I Man, think I that, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. <laughs> I did it for a year, and I was a wow. uh, I was a slightly above average card counter, uh, and like I probably like you know you'd win big, and then you'd lose big, but I think I just it ended up earning the average wage, <laughs> <laughs> and I was spending like oh hours like eight hours in the casino Whoa. a day. Man, that's like, a nah. commitment right there. Nah, the, at the end of it, I was like, nah, nah, the same. After a while, it's just, man, it's, it's, it's mentally tiring. It's like, I mean. I love that grind though, bro. Yeah. Okay. I love the mental grind. It's just being on edge, eh? Like, yeah. But ooh. I just love being in the grind too. Like I love the um, pressure of the, of the moment mm. uh, and having everything on the line and knowing that I can perform and grind at a really high level. Um, but then I also have those moments of brilliance and, you know, that those X factor moments that I can bring to the mix and that helps um, or becomes pivotal in, in winning the day. So, yeah, so yeah, my wife and I both left our jobs mm. and then um, Mont's actually uh, wanted to chat. I think it was maybe about six months before I left because he was thinking about uh, what he wanted to do next. And um, 
he ran through a whole bunch of options and a uh, good friend of ours, uh, Dr. Scott Waghorn, he's got a, a dental practice, Good Smile Care. Mm. Great guy, incredible guy. A little and, bit of a uh, shout out there as well. Anybody want to get your teeth fixed, yeah. you know where to go? Go there, man. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And um, Mons was kind of doing some work and he's like, well, you know, I got I got the, the, the corporate training that I do and like some guys want to do some apparel with me. I got my Sky TV stuff and these other dudes want to do an app and I'm helping my mate that's got this dental practice. And, um, <laughs> and, and he's like, what do you think I should do? And I know in that situation, most people would tell him to lean into his sporting pedigree mm. and his training pedigree. But as soon as I heard dentists, I was like, yo, tell me more about the dental stuff. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's my friend's practice. And Hey guys, Ali here. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast. We appreciate your love and your support. If you're not already on board, please do follow us on here and share it with your friends and family. If you prefer a visual experience, our videos are actually up on YouTube at the Ali channel. Please don't forget to subscribe, like and share and leave a comment or feedback if you like. And also you can follow us on our socials at the underscore Ali underscore channel for Instagram and on our Facebook page at the Ali channel. We'll see you soon and I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. Tomas, tell me more about the dental thing. And he's like, well, this is what I'm doing. I'm helping get some mobile units out there. And um, I was just like, bro, think about it like this. You're a legend of the Warriors, right? And so just imagine that they gave you the mic at a sold-out Mount Smart. Ooh. And you got to go and stand in the middle of the field and you got to pitch everybody. And you stood in the middle of the field and you go – okay, who wants to come and pay for me to train them in my corporate training classes? Because they're well-priced. <laughs> and uh, how many people do you think would put their hand up in, in Mount Smart if it was packed? And it's like, I don't know, maybe a thousand, like maybe a thousand people could probably afford it. I was like, oh, yeah, sounds about right. And then if you stood up and you, and you held up some boxing gloves, he said, these are the Monty Beetham boxing gloves. How many of you want to buy my boxing gloves? How many of you got a need for my boxing gloves? Maybe you get a couple thousand, something. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, now, bro, imagine you went out there and you said, how many of you out there, Mount Smart, have need for some dental care at some point in time? <laughs> I guarantee you, man, every hand will go up in Mount Smart. There's a massive influence yeah. that you have and a massive audience and opportunity that you have for that product. Mm. And you could leverage your position with that community for the benefit of that business. And so for me, it was a no-brainer. And so um, he said, so what should I do? And I said, well, you know, do this. He goes, okay, well, could you kind of write down something for me? I was like, okay. So I wrote some stuff down. I gave it to him. And I read it. And he goes, oh, no, nah, bro, I can't. I don't know any of that stuff. I don't. <laughs> he goes, would you come with me Yeah. and talk about the stuff for me? And then I'll I'll go and do it. I was like, oh, yeah, bro. Let's give me some free training. And uh, <laughs> so I got free training. Yeah. And be he, got, he got the pitch. I was like, good. <laughs> so like I talked to Scott through it and mm – -hmm. Um, you know, he's a super smart guy, Scott. He's like, yeah, I love it. I want to do it. And um, I want you to do it. And I was like, oh, 
I can't do it. I got my I got my own job and mm. you know things Which are busy. But Monster's yeah, Monster's the man. Monster can execute all of this stuff. He goes, no, if there was a buy now button on it, I'll push buy now right now. It's like seriously, like how much would all of this cost? And I was like, if you're serious, you know, I could we could work it out. And so we worked it all out and put the plan to him. He goes, yeah, I'm in. And um, I talked to Monster. I was like, Dude, I've never been involved in a process that was like the way we worked together was amazing. And using your connection, your influence, and and um, you know uh, my smarts, and seems like you reckon we could do it again. It's a good duel. Yeah, and it's like yeah, I guess. And so we tried again, and then it happened again, and we tried again, and it happened again, and then that's when I felt comfortable to leave. I was like, well, let's go, bro. Let's let's start this business. We got something really good going. Yeah, we got good because like people look at us in business like it's an odd couple. But actually, it's a perfect couple. It is. It is. When you look at it, when you think about it. Yeah. He's, yeah. Um, and, like, he's so respected. Monty's so respected and just, um, you know, he's so credible and an honorable guy. And people trust him. And he's stand up and he's straight up. And so, um, yeah, we worked really well. And, and so then that's how we started Indigo. And we just focused on working with really smart, high-growth companies, and Monts would open the door, and then I'll come in and close the deal. Wow. Yeah. That's a good combo. And um, at some point, your uh, your wife actually joined, uh, or was she was she part of it from the very yeah, beginning was, as well? Yeah, well, so when she um, she left her job, yeah, and then she picked up a contract that actually um, has become our most consistent contract that we have. Oh. Um, with Watercare. Uh, okay. Yeah, a big contract with Watercare. Cultural engagement uh, a contract for um, a big tunneling project that they got going on mm -hmm. called the Central Interceptor. Okay. Sounds like a spaceship. Yeah, it does, eh? Yeah. It does sound like a, something was started. So she was, <laughs> she, she was actually the stability in the business while we were finding our way. And um, business grew quick. We, you know, hired a first sort of half a dozen people and Dylan Belcher came into the team for a while there with us as well, looking to scale the type of thing that we'd done with Monts, um, with another, you know, credible, influential guy. Mm. And um, and then just before COVID, um, Andy Hamilton joined the team. And Andy's like a straight up killer in the business world. Received the Queen's honors uh, for services to, to business wow. um, on the um, Government Small Business Advisory Council um, an advisor to the Minister of Small Business. And so I purposefully, without him knowing, plotted a plan to get him into our team. Yeah. And um, we'd get him to come into the office. And yeah. I was like, when this guy comes in, I want everybody to stand up, walk over to him, just greet him, hug him. <laughs> like, it'll make him feel so awkward to be so weird. And so every time he came in, everybody would stand up and come over and say, hi. Give him a big hug. Yeah. He's like, what's going on? But that was like, we wanted to introduce him to our energy and to our vibe. Let him feel the vibes of the family. Yeah, bro. Mm. Yeah. And so, like, he caught it. And then we did some incredible work together. And then it was like a natural extension. Yeah. There was a no brainer after that. Yeah, no brainer. Yeah. Got him. The, okay. It might be an unpopular question to ask, but um, what is it like, you know, you to be working with your wife? It's, 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 um, 
Oh my god. Uh, she's, she's gonna be watching this now. Is, uh, <laughs> that sounded bad eh? like what is not even working with uh, uh, uh. uh, uh. No, it's good. We we mm. have um worked together before. Mm-hmm. We've been in business together before. Um I think that we've gotten better at it as our marriage has gotten better. I think that um as we've just matured in our relationship that maturity is translated over into our business as well. And um, she's an incredibly talented woman. Everyone calls her like the real boss and just, you know, if they want to get shit done, they'll just circumvent me and go straight to her. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she's incredible, incredibly smart, um, outstanding. She makes an outstanding stand for her culture and, and who she is. And she's on a number of boards and uh, a whole bunch of things. So super smart. Mm-hmm. Super smart, but also it's a very, very tactical answer. I like your, I like. <laughs> but she's also incredibly um, passionate and mm-hmm. an empathetic type of a person. So um, she's great at building relationships, and so like she's yeah. It's so yeah, as a relationship's gotten better, and and we've gotten and to understand each other more, then it's actually easy. Mm-hmm. The 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 tricky part is just planning life around the business. Because if we're both in business, then we both have busy schedules. I was laughing because last night when she had been out, um, she'd been out at Wanang in the morning, then she'd done a board presentation, and then I'd taken my son out for training early in the morning, then done the, the stand-up, and then had a whole bunch of meetings at the new office space. And like we hadn't seen each other all day. And then like she was coming home and I was going out in the evening. And I was like, okay, so um, I'm going out. Uh, Kaz done his afternoon training. Everybody's had their dinner. And she goes, okay, I'm just coming up Kyber Pass. I'm going to be home for a minute. Then I have to go down the thing. And uh, so, and it, it's got a bit like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's a lot of trust and a lot of respect. And um, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, it must be pretty tough, you know, both of you having real busy schedules, you know, and working working around that you know raising a family as well it's not the easiest task no but um i don't know that it's yeah no i i we both enjoy it it's it's the life that we wanted and um i'm not looking for balance i'm looking to live every moment like i live it and um whatever moment i'm in That's the, like here. Mm-hmm. I'm in this moment with you. I'm nowhere else. I'm just fully into this. And that, so that's how it is for us in our lives. We don't um, you know, feel like, oh, I'm so busy. I have to you know, get time to do this around that. It's just like, no, next moment, next moment, next moment, next moment. And just live every moment. Make the best of it, whether you're with your kids, whether you're in your business, whether you're hanging out with friends, whatever it is. All you have to do is be organized. Like that's grown people mm. shit. Like just be organized. Um, yeah. So now it's not tough, bro. It's not tough. It's life. Mm. It's exciting. Well, life is tough in itself. Um, the other one. So you've got you guys got Indigo. You've got Manaki, and you have another one which is Choice. Am I correct? Choice. Choice. Yes. Choice. Tell us about Choice and how did that one come about? That whole business. What it's about. So we were fortunate enough to. Um, we made a bit of money. Uh, from from Anaki, and uh, one of the things that the the data had shown up 
uh, from Monarchy is that there is a whole bunch of people out there in the business world that just don't know how to do digital, don't know how to sell to their customers, don't even know where to start. And once I saw that, I was like, okay, sounds like an opportunity. So I set up a promotion, validated it, like gave away a thousand websites with this company called Swiftly out of uh, Wellington and they went like in a week. Ooh. I was like, there's a big opportunity there. And so I started looking around. Whenever I go to do something, um, I don't do it unless I have a super compelling competitive advantage, like something that you can't touch me on. Mm -hmm. Then I know I'm setting myself up to win. And so um, if I don't have a super competitive advantage, as, most, as much as I personally may like to do something, I won't do it in business. Mm. I just, oh man, I, I love to start a barbershop. Well, I don't have no competitive advantage in the barbershop and there's like thousands of those. Mm -hmm. So it would just be like pouring money down the toilet if I was gonna do that. I still like to have a barbershop, I love it. I'm just waiting to find out what's the competitive advantage that I got that nobody else has. And so that's what I was looking for in the New Zealand e-commerce space. And what I came across was um, this Facebook group called New Zealand Made Products. And they launched a uh, little, little bit after us and in a matter of weeks, like in a month, they had like 300,000 members in this Facebook group. Wow. And it was just all small New Zealand businesses and people that were makers and craftspeople and artisans putting their stuff up in this group. And this group grew so much that people were selling out of their shit. That's insane growth. It's insane growth, bro. Because of COVID, everyone's locked down and everyone's trying to make money. Mm. People had lost their jobs. People on wage subsidy. Like everyone got out in their garage and started making shit so they could sell it, so they mm. could support their families, right? Mm. And and women were so uh, disproportionately disaffected, like, you know, affected by, uh, by job losses and um, loss of income. And so this group is actually 80% uh, female. And it's an incredible community that support each other. And so I saw the group and um, I reached out to the, the founder of the group, a young lady by the name of Sarah Colcord, and um, just to see what was up and what were her plans. And um, she was, she had a desire to create a platform as, you know, you see a lot of people create big groups, but can never really turn them into anything. Mm. Like the only people actually making money out of these things are Facebook, right? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. No one, and so it's very hard to flip those communities into something meaningful that's going to generate revenue. And so she was like, she wanted to start a platform, and I just so we just started advising her. It's like, okay, this is she's an awesome young lady. Let's let's help her win um, from that monarchy perspective. And then so she was talking to some partners, and there was one partner in particular that was like, how are you going to do that deal when you're New Zealand made products? But that's not a New Zealand company, like you can't. And what are they offering you anyway? And so it got down to it and she's like, well, they offered me this much money. I mm -hmm. said, well, how about if, if I gave you that much money and then we'll build that platform with you and we'll do it together. And also you'll get to connect to all these people and um, we'll help build you into an incredible entrepreneur as well. And so she agreed. And um, at that point in time, the group was about 400,000 by the time we'd done it. Wow. As of today, it's it's about five hundred and forty thousand. Wow, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah, it's um, ten percent of the country are a member of that group. That's insane. Twenty percent of all New Zealand Facebook users are members of that group. Wow. And so, um, so much leverage there. Yeah, yeah, crazy leverage. Crazy. And so, what we did was um, we created the choice platform. 
um, to give small businesses a place where they could get online really quickly um, for free, cost them nothing, set up a store, and then we use the group to drive people to the platform. To it, yeah. And so that's a massive competitive advantage because if you know about the market a marketplace space, the biggest cost of doing business is acquiring customers. Like it's easy to get a whole bunch of vendors on a platform mm -hmm. and a lot of a lot of marketplaces sparked up um, during the lockdown, you know, because they want to help small business like we did. Um, but there was no way I was doing it just with a normal marketplace because I'd been in a global technology mm -hmm. company and I know you have to spend millions and millions of dollars to drive customers to a platform. And yeah. so now we have half a million people that we don't have to spend a penny to get them to, to go to the platform. And so that's an incredible competitive advantage. And so we rebranded it from New Zealand made products to choice. And um, we just wanted to get away from this whole, oh, is it made in New Zealand? Is it like, you know, mm. because there are people that like New Zealand businesses that manufacture their stuff overseas. Yeah. But they couldn't be on this group. Well, they pay their taxes here. Yep. Actually, they pay more tax here than some of the big businesses that are really milking the small business economy pay. So how come they can't be on here? Just because we've got a nitpick about who's like, where's yeah. it made? So we just said, nah, nah, let's change. Oh, it's just open to Yeah, let's change, change the brand, mm -hmm. make it just about New Zealand, make a choice and, um, and give people a way to sell at, and, and reach your audience at scale. And so we launched in August, um, that first month, we did 109,000 in gross sales. Wow. Second month, we did 220,000. Third month, we did about 303,000. Um, and just the like end of the growth. The end of the fourth month, um, we we crossed a million dollars in oh um, gross sales. Uh, and uh, in the fourth month, we did about 400, uh, I think about 415,000. Wow. And then now we're in December, which is our fifth month. And I think I could probably look on my phone, but uh, we're, we're, we're on track to do a half a million dollar month. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy numbers, especially. Hey guys, Ali here. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast. We appreciate your love and your support. If you're not already on board, please do follow us on here and share it with your friends and family. If you prefer a visual experience, our videos are actually up on YouTube at the Ali channel. Please don't forget to subscribe, like and share and leave a comment or feedback if you like. And also you can follow us on our socials at the underscore Ali underscore channel for Instagram and on our Facebook page at the Ali channel. We'll see you soon and I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. Crazy numbers, yes. Especially during mm -hmm. this time but yeah. in saying that it also i think it's like the perfect time as well because this is the time where people you know especially when you know a lot of people had more time now shorter work hours and all that people are more engaged more connected mm. and um i think one of the biggest one is yeah just that monarchy you know and helping uh, people you know and it's i mean there's there's two ways to look at it you you have some people who who support big brands but don't support those who they know but there's also a big group of people who help those that they know you know sometimes you end up buying 
you know, your mate sells some, uh, let's say, some cupcakes or whatever, and you're trying to, you know, cut yeah. a few pounds, but oh, it's your mate, <laughs> yeah. you know, you'll buy it. Yeah. And uh, it's like that kind of mentality, you know, you just want to help out. So that's insane. That's pretty. Yeah, it's 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 um demonstrating your loyalty with your money, mm-hmm. right? That's like backing it, and that's what that's what people have really begun to do. But the thing about choice is that it's um so different, bruh. It's so different from everything else that's out there. It's like you go to a marketplace and they're just all filled with like the same brands and everyone's cost cutting, chopping each other out at the knees and and like it's just a race to the bottom. But not on our community. Like it's actually, you know, the prices are kind of premium for what they are mm. because they're New Zealand made products that New Zealand businesses have created. And um, yeah, people love it because the the, the, the common con, uh, comment is that like we love it because there's just things on here that you don't see anywhere else. Like it's so different. There's something on here for everybody. So we've had like we've been inundated by companies that just wanted to buy gift cards to give to their staff at Christmas because like somebody can find something for everyone on there. Mm-hmm. And so it's been really cool. And um, our ambition is to really scale it hard next year. Uh, our next goal will be just consistently million dollar months. Uh, that's what we're that's what we're pushing for, and then um, uh, do a do a big raise, and then and then look to really scale it, look wow. to create something which is uh, the serious. perfect. I mean, that's like the perfect business model. Because I funny fact is I actually spent some time to study business. So like when you're talking about all this, and when I like followed you and kept up with you for quite some time, I've always had a lot of questions. Yeah. And I tried to answer those questions in my own head, you know, <laughs> and uh, that's like exactly, you know, the perfect business model, you know, scalable. Yeah. And there's just so much opportunity. That's insane. Like yeah. people don't really understand, but there's so much opportunity there. And also what I really like about your mentality of doing something be- because you have an absolute advantage. Yeah. And uh, you always want to have that, which was what I really liked when uh, I think I saw it was one of those videos that you... um that you put out uh, and on there. I think it was that hi- highlight clip of um, when you, you guys went over to Google, the app developers, and um, you, you had you talked a little bit about this and you were saying of, you know, why would you start something if you don't have yeah. an advantage over it? Like, it's no point. You just, you know, you don't have a, a, a plus point. You don't, There's no edge, you know. That's like turning up to a fight and you haven't done any training. That's and, it, exactly. You got no edge, like... Exactly. You're going to lose. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Especially if you're fighting a dude like me or you <laughs> on the other side. Like, that's, you know, you'll lose mm-hmm. because we came better prepared, had a better plan, and we had all the guns. We brought a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Man, that, um, yeah, that mentality, you got to have that. You know, if you really want to succeed, you got to push. And, um, you know, just talking about, you know, talking about pushing through and like fighting in life and stuff like that. Um, uh, I, you know, I understand you've talked about this before on another podcast, but um, what really, man, I had had me, uh, you know, really intrigued and I really had a lot of respect for you. Also, when you told about the story about you being a cancer survivor, yeah. And like, you know, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to steal the story, but tell us a little bit about that and like, especially the time in your life which you had. Yeah, well, I guess if you look back at my life, if I was telling my life story, 
um, my life has been one of extremes, uh, extreme highs and extreme lows. And, um, you know, uh, especially growing up, once my parents were divorced, it was, it was a really tough time for us because we were very poor. And it was a single home, you know, single, single parent home. And um, we lived in a, in a tough neighborhood. Um, this was in uh, Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, we lived we lived in Hamilton. Well, actually, we moved in um, and lived with uh, my auntie and her three daughters. <laughs> that was an experience for two young boys, myself and my and my bro and my mom. But and then my mom was so smart, though, bro. Like I learned so much from her. Just like street smart. Mm. So I love street smart, man. Because they ain't, they this they don't have street smart in boardrooms. So like when I walk in there with my street smile, I look at these people in their suits and ties. No disrespect, but I got the edge on you. Yeah, I got street knowledge, mm -hmm. and I've been through some stuff. And it's so, different, eh? Yeah, it's different. Yeah, but if you can apply that to the game, then you got a real advantage. So we grew up poor. My mum then moved us into a house where there was uh, fifteen of us in a three-bedroom home. Um, and she did that though, that so that she get on get on the um, uh, on the shortlist to get a house faster from housing corporation, mm. and so we end up living there for six months. But then she got her own home, neighborhood in Hamilton Norris Street, and that was just like a gang neighborhood. And um, yeah, I know where that street is because uh, I live yeah. quite close to uh, where that is. <laughs> well, I went back there a little while ago. Um, because I, I launched the scholarship down yeah. in which is another school. cool thing that I want to talk about in a second but yeah okay. we'll get, we'll get so, to that <laughs> so um, so life was hard my mum worked two jobs while we lived in that neighbourhood uh, and she saved bro like she saved every penny from the time I was like in standard three standard two like being a cleaner working two jobs until the time I was 17 years old and she saved enough for a deposit on a house. Wow. Working two jobs as a cleaner by herself as a solo mom. And so she got a she got a loan, housing corp loan with her deposit. She built her own house out in Fatafata, where we live and um, where the Kazamudi is, you know, and all our whanau is, is from. So, um, but even out there was quite rough, like, because while the house was getting built, we just, like slept in a like a, a corrugated iron shed mm. with like a dirt floor, and um, you know you're a you're a teenage boy. You you want to have some swag in your life, but it ain't happening there. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was really tough, man. I was like, you know, I didn't get a first car. Like I got a first horse that I had to ride to school. <laughs> <laughs> and like you know you know how first cars are normally yeah. rubbish. Yeah. Same goes with a horse. <laughs> Yo, my horse was fat. <laughs> I don't know why it was called Blazer because it was the slowest moving fucking thing I ever seen in my life. It's called Blazer. Oh, oh, it had goodness. a big sway back on it. <laughs> like you could actually lie back on this oh horse. And be like, it was like a re reclining chair of horses. <laughs> Oh, so oh man! Oh, man. And and uh, so you rode from Fatafata. Fata I know I rode from Fatafata Fata <laughs> to the bus stop, which was just on the other side of the bridge in Fatafata. Fata. Yeah. And then I would take my horse, and I would, you know, how when the clotheslines back in the day, they yeah. had those ones that were like used to rotate around, right? Yeah, those big ones. That yeah, big umbrellas ones. Yeah, umbrella-looking thing. Yeah. 
So I would take it, my horse, and I would park, <laughs> I would park my horse in my mum's uncle's front yard. I don't know why he had a clothesline in his front yard, <laughs> but he did. And I'd tie the rope to the clothesline and the horse would just walk around <laughs> on the clothesline all day until I come home. Oh, man. Anyway. But uh, did it lose any weight, bro? Nah. No, nah, it was still a fat horse. I think it was, yeah. <laughs> I like it died. <laughs> it died, oh. bro. But so that was like, life was poor. Life was like, but it was hilarious like that, right? <laughs> yeah. It was hilarious. Man, it's experience. Yeah, it, man. Definitely yeah. have stories to... Uh... And so what would happen is that I would come up to Auckland every weekend while I was in high school and work in my dad's restaurant. Mm. He had a restaurant in town um, on uh, Victoria Street. Wow. Yeah. And I would come up every weekend on a Friday, catch the bus up from Hamilton, work in the mm. kitchen to make some money, um, stay up here and then, and then go back home. And so I ended up coming up here after school because I didn't know what the hell university was and all my mates were smart, were going. Mm-hmm. But I was like, what is this? Like, you know, it's like school. I was like, no, fuck, I can go more school. Bro. I don't need to go to school. <laughs> I don't want none of that. Enough of school. <laughs> so I went up, I came up here, um, yeah, worked in the hospitality industry for a long time and then um, uh, actually got into production through a friend of, of my of my uh, father's and I was working in um, video and television production uh, for a couple of years and I was in my early 20s and then my nut just started to grow. Oh, <laughs> And then in a space of no time at all, my nut was the size of your coffee cup. (laughs) (laughs) And like for a little while, I was like, yo, that's cool. I was like, oh, no, that ain't cool. (laughs) So I went to the doctor. I was like, "Uh, doc, got a small problem. Not so small problem here. Oh, man. It's like. Dude. Something's wrong. (laughs) He goes, you got to go to the hospital right now. And so they put me in the hospital and they're like, they did the test. Like, you've got testicular cancer. And this has actually really progressed. And I was 22, 22, 22, 22, 23. Like you go from being invincible to someone telling you you have cancer. And um, I just went into shock. I was just like, and they're like, yeah, you go to the hospital. And then the hospital goes, no, you've got cancer. And it's actually quite progressed. Um, You have to come back tomorrow for an operation. I was like, is it that serious? I was like, yeah, this is life threatening. Like you don't have moment. You don't have a couple of weeks to get this sorted. Like you got to do it straight away. It's like, no. And then like, so I was I was back in there the next day, operation, took my left nut. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I don't I don't want to laugh at this. I'm just open about it. Right. <laughs> Other one works fine. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly, you don't need to. I don't know. Yeah. Like I think one must have been spare anyway. Yeah, you had a few kids. So you yeah. have a few kids yeah. now, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. it shows that it still works. Yeah, yeah, everything's still <laughs> operating. Um, but like. The biggest thing is that it forces you to really contend with your mortality. Mm. Like actuals could die. And um, when you're that young, you uh, it just sends you into a spin. And like, 
I, uh, I, 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 I wasn't in a good place. I um, professionally, you know, my mentality wasn't right. And um, I was living my life too fast and too furious. And um, my ego was out of control. And uh, it just sent me into a spin. And so I, I had the operation and then had some treatment after that. And I remember going going to the gym and like, bruh, I just wanted to warm up. So I like grabbed these just five kilogram dumbbells to just do some warm up incline press. Mm. And I was just like. Man, I like actually struggling. Struggling, bro, after about four reps. I was oh. like, oh, these are five kilograms, bro. And then that was it. That's that. That actually broke me that moment, and so I just dropped them, just walked out, went back to my apartment, fucking cried my eyes out. Like, what am I gonna do? I was stupid, man. I, I should have gone home to my mum. Too proud, and so didn't do what I should have done, and um, just buried myself in work, and and it just mentally it it affected me a lot. Uh, and but then I had, you know, my father wasn't around a lot, and he's he's not an incredible role model. He's a really great grandfather, mm. but shit dad. Mm. Um, but I just, in my darkest moment, I remember something he said, and um, he said like, you can lose belief in everything around you. You can lose belief in system like even your friends will let you down your family will let you down and you can lose but but never lose belief in yourself and i realized that i had lost belief in myself but when i stepped into that moment and realized that i had lost belief in myself and his words rang through my head um that was when it that was the moment that it changed up for me mm. That was the moment that it changed up. But I had some dark moments, man. And that was, that was, um, took a long time to get back from that. But it was just, that was the fight. I was, I was in the fight and that's when I decided to fight. Mm. And, uh. It's in your prime years as well, during yeah. that period. Yeah. Yeah, so it took a while, but yeah, I fought my way back and I, I focused on my career and what I was doing and, um, yeah, I, I made it back. I made it back, and I'm happy for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and um, so was when you meet your um, your wife? Was it after this period or just after? Wow. Yeah, just after. Because mm -hmm. we've been together for twenty years now. Wow, twenty years she's put up with you. Yeah. It's uh, that's why I told you she's impressive. <laughs> she's an impressive woman, bro. <laughs> impressive. Yeah, not married nineteen actually. It's so. our. Oh. It's our twentieth anniversary, uh, April the seventh next year. Wow! Yeah, so wow, milestone. Where milestone. has that time gone? I don't know, man. Where has that time gone? Did you? It was crazy. You know, throughout like you know all this stuff that you've done, like you know, it just goes past you just like that. It's insane, you know. Next thing you know, you're married, have kids, and um, you know, one, one thing you said there that uh, you know, your dad you know, being a, a good granddad, but not a good dad. Do you think that in a way, like sometimes for some people, they kind of realize that they went wrong in the first level down. So they try to 
step things up or change it for the grandkids? I think they do. But, you know, my observation is that a lot of people are very self-obsessed. And so um, that means that you make decisions based on you and you do what's best for you. It's very rare to meet people that are willing to sacrifice them for you. And so I think that once we grow up a bit, we realize, you know, of just being about me and making decisions primarily based on me. And, you know, life will send you um, a curveball. And, uh, you know, it's that, that's that one that you don't see coming that knocks you out. And uh, I think that um, once they get that moment where they realize, ah, oh, man, I've just, I've, I've got it wrong. Um, then they can be the person that they need to be for somebody else. But I just think that, like, if you're too obsessed with self, then you can't really ever fully give to someone else. Mm. And that's what I think the experience was with my dad. He was just so obsessed with self. And um, uh, he sees an opportunity to make amends. Um, but he loves them. You know, but he doesn't need to make amends. Like mm. that stuff past, like it's gone. I forgave it a long time ago, and um, you can't live with that in your life. You can't carry that. With yeah, you. man. Nah. It's it's heavy. Some people do, heavy. bro. It's too heavy. Like why? Mm-hmm. And actually, it defines some people. You know, their issues with their parents or the big issues that they have in life. Like, I don't define myself as a cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. I don't even define myself as an entrepreneur. Um, no, but the things that I want to be in life is I just want to be a great dad. Like, you know, business is business. Cool. But I just want to be a great dad. So, so I love spending this time with my son right now as he trains for Wakama Nationals. and Yeah, which is the one I was going to talk about. Yeah. Um, you told me about um, your son who's competing in the uh, Waka Nationals and, you know, stuff that he's done. Tell us a little bit about that. That's, it's pretty interesting. He's, um, my son's not a sporty kid. Yeah. He's not a sporty <laughs> which kid. Which is quite surprising. <laughs> yeah, he's not He's not sporty at all. Um, played a little bit of rugby, didn't really like it. Boxed a little while down here for, for a minute um, before it was uh, CKB, but um, didn't like it. And... Um, he found his way into Wakama because of some friends. Mm. Uh, and he paddled in a six-man uh, for the last two years. But then last year, he had a bad experience and he just didn't really enjoy the team. And like he was on the second boat, mm. steering the second boat. So it was inexperienced and he wasn't performing well enough to be in the first boat. And so he left the Nationals last year. He was quite dejected and was kind of ready to give up and another thing. And I said, well, you know, you could always come back here next year as a singles paddler. Mm. And he was like, oh, can I? I was like, yeah, you're old enough next year. You can paddle singles. How, how old is he this he's year? He's 12. 12. And um, he's like, okay, yeah, I want to do that. I want to come back here. I want to show them. <laughs> <laughs> I want to show them. And he's got uh, that fighting spirit. he got that fighting spirit. But yeah. he's 12 years old. He's, I don't know how tall he is. Maybe he's like five. 
five, five, mm-hmm. six or something, but he's 85 kilograms. Mm-hmm. He's a big kid. He's a heavy boy. Yeah, he's a heavy boy. <laughs> and that's power to weight ratio in the water. The boat moves. Mm-hmm. You got to move you. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're pushing 85 kilos up that race course. And everyone else is 60 kilos. Yeah. Works good if it's a storm because all the mm. 60 kilos get blown off the track. Yeah. But like, it's a lot to pull. Mm. And so we started training um, with him about 14 weeks ago to get ready for Auckland regionals, the regional championships, because you have to qualify to go to nationals. And um, he said he wanted to really go for it. So, you know, we bought him a new boat and um, we got him some great trainers, great coach out at uh, Waitakere, uh, Morris Stanley and um, uh, uh, John Papali'i from Greyman. Uh, Greyman Fitness just down in Parnell, who's a, like being a world champion paddler. Wow. And uh, SAS. Oh. Yeah. And yeah. Um, he, now he prepares people for the SAS testing. Wow. And so he's that's, training. That's some gruesome. Uh, yeah. You know yeah, where yeah. the standards at there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> so that's who he's been training with. And um, he trained hard for uh, Auckland Regionals in preparation. And um, he won. He won the... He, wow. he won the Auckland champs. Wow. Uh, and it's the first time he's won anything. That's he's awesome. like never won nothing in sports. Nothing. Like come last in everything as a matter of fact. And he won. And he was like, he went there and like he didn't have a real killer mentality. He was like, I'm going there to come fifth. <laughs> <laughs> the first seven go to nationals. I'm going I'm going there to I'm going there to come fifth or fourth. F- fourth or fifth. <laughs> and that, that, that was his goal. Wow. And he turned up, and because he'd put in the work, um, he was just at another level from all the kids, but he didn't know. He didn't know. He and didn't we didn't realize. We, nah, nah, nah. And we haven't let him realize it, actually. Mm-hmm. And we just let him have the experience and go through it. And uh, so he had an incredible preparation week of, and then he went out there, um, and there was a lot of hype around some of the younger dudes, and they're like, nah, these kids are really special. Yeah, the, the, the ones that they put on the pedestal yeah, already, yeah, even yeah. before the race itself. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of hype around these kids, and mm. they're like, oh, there's that big kid from Waitakere over there. <laughs> <laughs> and like, nobody's really looking at him. Um, and he went out on the final, and yeah, he blew them off the race course. Wow. The second kid was like three seconds behind. The next kid was 10 seconds behind. Wow. And um, the the, the conditions were hectic. It, 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 for people who are watching, listening, three seconds, ten seconds don't sound like a lot. But when you're in a race like that, you understand yeah. what three seconds of a yeah. difference actually is. Yeah, what's three seconds, 100 meters, like 30 meters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's a lot. And so he, like, it was classic. He crossed the line first and he did, like, the point. He was like... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, bro, well, what are you even pointing at? <laughs> and I was like, yes. And he pointed up to the sky. He looked up. He's like, yes. I was like, oh, man. You, at least you've been watching some I mean, sports movies or yeah. something. <laughs> Got uh, some inspiration somewhere. <laughs> somewhere, bro. But now he's, um, he's preparing for nationals. And like we said to him, do you want to have a good crack? Or should we just go down there and mm. chill with your team? And you can paddle. Or do you want to you wanna Go win? for it. Yeah. And he goes, Dad, I like winning. I like winning. Next day, he went on the water. He won another gold medal with his team. Wow. So he won two golds in Auckland. And um, now he's training the house down. He's training three times a day. So it's school wow. holidays now. So he's we, got time on his hands. Yeah, yeah. So we get up in the morning, 6 a.m. We go down. <laughs> we paddle in the morning. 
He does a regime that's typically about 10, 500 meter sprints, 100% with, um, you know, uh, two minute break, uh, two and a half minute break, and then a three minute break as we get towards the mm. end. But he's, he's, he's looking real he's good. He's killing it. He's killing he it. But killing he's it. learning so much. Mm. You know what sports but teaches this, you. This is the time where they're like sponges. Yeah. It's actually the best time because like, they absorb everything, man. Yeah. But his, his, his training level is like, like the training program that John gave him is like adult level. And so like every session is like pain mm. and tears. But he understands that process as him breaking through and him getting better and having that, that tolerance and like, we're going all in, bro. He's got the food, he's got the nutrition, everything's Everything on lock. looked after. Massage gun comes out after training. <laughs> like everything is on lock. And so Talking about like, you know, having, being all in, you know, and looking on the physical side and taking care of that. You've actually been on a uh, journey yourself quite recently because um, I kept up with your stuff then. I was looking at it, you know, and you, about how you were saying that you wanted to, you know, you had some bad habits. You weren't really taking care of yourself. Was that one of the re like? Oh, that that was quite recent. But what actually made you wanna like get it change or change yeah. your habits, your eating habits, your training habits, and stuff like that? So, hey guys, Ali here. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast. We appreciate your love and your support. If you're not already on board, please do follow us on here and share it with your friends and family. If you prefer a visual experience, our videos are actually up on YouTube at the Ali channel. Please don't forget to subscribe, like and share and leave a comment or feedback if you like. And also you can follow us on our socials at the underscore Ali underscore channel for Instagram and on our Facebook page at the Ali channel. We'll see you soon and I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. It's just a desire to be the best version of myself. And I, I knew that physically I wasn't there. And, you know, I put on some COVID kilos <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, but like for me, um, like I have to be fit so that I can function at the level that I need to function at. If my body's not right, then I can't, I can't do the job. Um, and so I, I knew that and I, and I felt myself slipping and my energy levels and my mm. focus and, um, you know, my ability to be able to apply myself mentally. And so that was, um, that was the reason. And plus that like, the, the, but the, the bigger deal is like, I, when my first son was born, Kanoa, the one we were just talking about, I became obsessed with dying. I became obsessed with like, holy, f I started counting the years. I was like, so I had my kids later. And I was like, oh wait, I'm gonna be this old at his 21st. Like, so, and I knew my dad wasn't around. And so I was like, shit, I'm not like, probably when he's 40, I'm, I'm not here. Mm. And that was a very um, stark realization for me. And so the big thing for me is I want to be around for my kids. That's it. Like, that's what gets me up every morning now. Um, like what get me focused and getting fitter now and the kilos are coming off, but it's not really about that. Mm -hmm. It's about longevity of life. And so I've started exactly. to put some research into that area as well. And the other thing that I think we overlook is that, you know, we're also obsessed with our physical health, 
and the gym, um, but what about the, our mental health? Mm. And actually, what about our brain health? Because if you lose function of your brain and your brain starts to deteriorate, you know, that's you. You're, you go and, you know, you're a vegetable if, you're, if your brain's not functioning. So we feed our bodies, we supplement, we train hard. What do we do for our brain? And so I've become really interested in that now and started some just like brain exercises. And I've always like used creative exercises to, to get all the synapses in my brain ticking. But I'm just doing that more regularly now and a bit more time in, in meditation as well. And, and then supplementation as well, supplementation for my brain and for brain health as well. And so, yeah, it is about the best version of myself, but it, it's about keeping that, that around for as long as possible. That's awesome, you yeah. know, and uh, it's very important. I feel like, um, you know, just being and uh, one, one of the important ones, like, you know, being in a good physical state for when you like your kid is growing and you want to be you want to be able to be like running and playing with them. And, you know, just being uh, I, I don't want to give the wrong message that everybody needs to be like super <coughs> fit and strong or whatever, you know, but you have to be of a certain level to you know spend quality time quality right? time yeah, yeah, with your yeah. kids it's so important you know and it's sad to see that you know you know you have mates who who they just they don't like exercise or work out or whatever you know they just work and they're drinking away and partying and that's just how you live your life man that's you're gonna come down a, a very dangerous path you know like who knows what's gonna happen right so the person yeah. that lives like that will be like oh well you know i could get hit by a bus yeah. But it's just like, you know, you want to take your life in your own hands like that. Like, mm. you know, it's for me, it's like I want to do everything that I can to live my life with the best quality of life for the longest mm. possible time. Um, and if I get hit by a bus, I get hit by a bus. But, like, that's not really likely to happen. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to play this game. Definitely. Yeah. Um, man, talking about, like, lives and changing lives and all that, you've actually played a part in changing a lot of people's lives mm, and uh, you know which is so awesome the program that or the scholarship that I've, I found out that you were doing I was you know I was really impressed and uh, you know I was um, in a way that it kind of gave me motivation to work on something that I want to do as well oh, cool, which bro. is in the works but um, we'll get there but uh, could you tell us a little bit of um, that stuff that you did you know the scholarship that you set up what's about who's it for yeah um I was really, really affected uh, with the statistic that came out after the first lockdown, where a number of kids had not, from low socioeconomic communities, had not returned to school because they had to go work to help support their families because their parents also had lost their jobs or you know their income into their family had been really disproportionately affected. Um, you know, then the, the sort of higher um, socioeconomic groups. And so, you know, I heard like uh, one school, like a hundred kids didn't come back. Wow. And that affected me. And it was kind of like the same thing, that moment that I had with Monarchy. And I was like, well, who's going to do this? No one's going to do it. Well, I guess I have to do it. And then I had that same sort of feeling. I was like, well, who's going to do something about this shit? And I was like, well, it must be me. And so I just decided in that moment to um, launch a scholarship and 
the scholarship is to help a, a Maori Polynesian student um, from my old community, from my old school where I where I grew up. So I went back, and um, it's a it's not an academic scholarship. Um, I would say it's a character scholarship. It's for people that exhibit ex outstanding character, the trait of character, character traits, and um, don't have the opportunity to to pursue the thing in life that they want to if they don't get access to money, support, networks. And uh, so I just, out of the blue, man, I decided to do it, set a goal of helping uh, 100 kids in 10 years. Wow. And like the first step was doing my first scholarship. So I literally just like, okay, I'm gonna do it. Started typing on my computer. I was like, uh -huh. I found the email for the principal on the old Melville High School website, kind of emailed him. It's like, okay, I wanna start a scholarship. Uh, like. Hmm. five grand and uh, get some computers and we'll give them some uh, technology and yeah. uh, I'll hook them up with mentors from Anaki. Yeah, cool. Uh, can you get back to me? <laughs> like you didn't get back to me oh. like for a week. And I was like, oh shit, that goes my dream of doing something <laughs> good for um, somebody. And he came back and I'm, I'm not sure that he, like I think he thought it was a bit of a prank. Hmm. I was like, oh, I got your email there, Mr. McPhee. Um, yeah, well, so are you serious about this? Or And I was like, yeah, man, I'm serious. He goes, because the school, like when you were here, it's very different now. Hmm. It's like the school used to have a role of 1,600 when I was there, and now it has 600. And uh, most kids drive past that school to go to a high school. They don't go to that high school, so it's become that place. Hmm. When I was there, it was, like, um, it was like a farming community, you know, mostly European school, like small group of Samoans, like a small group of Māori, but mostly European school. Now the school's like 80% Māori. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I, I set up the process and uh, we set up an application and uh, I just made the application real human. I was like, like tell me about you and um, tell me what you want to do in your life. And like they attached their academic history and all of that. And so I, I, I read this young lady's application, uh, Lachey Edmonds, who's the first recipient. And bro, get this, she's such an incredible young woman. She lives independently, right? Mm -hmm. She lives by herself. Um, it's a long story, but she's had a really tough life. Um, you know, her parents went around, her grandparents are aged now, and so she lives um, independently out of Temple View. I, I think she stays in like the the, um, the the accommodation for the guys that go out, like the brothers that go out and do the door knocking. She mm. stays somewhere out there. And um, she goes to school every day and then she goes to work every night at the local supermarket to make the money to support herself. Like this is a high school kid. It's a grind, man, for a kid. A kid. It's... And so she had no opportunities and she had given up on the idea of actually having a profession and a future. And um, she saw our application and she just thought, oh, just maybe, maybe I might be able to, maybe I might be able to do something with my life if I could win that, because that could really help me. And um, yeah, so we um, went down and we we awarded with a scholarship, she's got $5,000, like, like a new MacBook and like a new iPhone 12. And then, but, but most importantly, um, we've connected her into the Manaki network. We have the best business people, some most influential New Zealanders like in that, in that community. And so um, she, uh, 
wants to be a police officer. And so we, um, we connected her to um, the second highest ranking female police officer in New Zealand, Naila Hassan. Mm -hmm. And um, she's mentoring her. Wow, that's amazing. And so now she has what? Her, you know? all her support. She's got the money to pursue her study. And now she has an incredible mentor. And like then all these people just hit me up across like on my LinkedIn and on social and stuff. And like, how can we help? How can we help? So she has an incredible um, uh, psychologist because she wants to do social work as well. And there's a, a lady that's from the community we grew up in. And she's now a PhD and is and is taught around the world and she's going wow. to mentor her in that regard. And then another um, another lady who uh, was running the charitable arm of Sky City um, and she's going to mentor her as well. And she's this incredible support network around her. And I think that's insane because that's so awesome. Sometimes the thing that you need really the most is of non-monetary value. Is this advice and the people who already have the blueprints, yeah. who've already walked those paths, made those mistakes, so you don't have to do the same mistake again, you yeah. know? And that's what, like, you know, sometimes I feel like even, you know, looking at back at, like, my life, for example, I wish I had people who had all these answers, you know? Mm. Don't make that same mistake twice. Yeah. And that's insane. And the ability, like, you know, for a high school kid to get to the second highest ranking police officer, female police officer in the whole New Zealand police force. Like, how do you get, navigate that, right? Yeah. And so there's something special in this idea of being able to go, here's a person that needs something. She needs guidance in her career. This person needs help with their business. Here's the best person in New Zealand to help you. Never mind all of this. We mm. just take it out yeah. and bang. Like, I think if we can do something with that, mm -hmm. like connect the people with their ambition, they demonstrate their intent through their character and their actions, mm -hmm. and then connect them, you know, on the rise and then connect them to that person, the best person. Not just, yeah. my cousin knows the policeman, yeah. the best person. Mm -hmm. Connect them, ah, that can be life-changing. So imagine what you could do it if you can be. do that at scale. At scale. Yeah, and so that's my intent. That's my intent. It's amazing. That's awesome. The other interesting story that I want to talk about is a gentleman that we had on the podcast, Mr. France. Right? <laughs> and he told us a really interesting story, right? Uh, yeah, you know, it's a funny story, but, you know, it's one of the... So um, the podcast that we did with him is already up. Uh, you can check it. It's episode 22, I think, yeah, for those who are watching. Um, so he talked about the the change he did in his life, in his career, jumping on board your team yeah. and working with you. And he shared with us one of the biggest bloopers that he ever made was when he did a big, like an important, quite important yeah, it was video over, shoot. It was in Melbourne. It was in, it was, <laughs> that just makes it worse. It's yeah. all over. It's across, <laughs> across, you know, across the waters in another country. He was recording some stuff and, um, you know, with a, with a, was it the CEO or, yeah, with the CEO of the company and he didn't turn the camera on. <laughs> <laughs> and you were the one, <laughs> you were the one conducting the interview 
and he broke it to you after the like 20, 30 minutes? Yeah, he was just went up into the room and shat himself for 20 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> oh man, oh. tell us about that. What was going on, man? What I was impressed as well as how cool, calm, collected you were at that time. Uh, yeah, it's a funny story, bro. <laughs> did he tell the story about how he even ended up in the team? Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> how you guys uh, tried to, uh, you know, try yeah. to look for someone else. Yeah, well, look, we went to the manager of CX, yeah. of which he was one, and he was just like, we need somebody to come and join our video team, but you guys know the product, and yeah. do you know anybody? And then next week he comes like, yeah, I found someone. It's like, who? Me. <laughs> and so I was like, oh... You know, do you actually, I've seen you do some stuff on Instagram, but do you yeah. actually know, know much? Because yeah. I don't, but this is my passion and I like I'm working on it. And um, and so, yeah, I decided to give it a crack. And then uh, a few months later, we're in Melbourne. Yeah. And uh, we're at the um, biggest conference that Zero runs mm. every year. It's called ZeroCon. And there's about five or 6,000 people that attend That's, this conference. Mm. And it's massive. And um, we have this live studio um, uh, on the on the floor uh, where all the stands are. And, uh, yeah, the CEO comes up for his interview to talk about everything. And so I'm doing the interview. The interview goes fine. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, we go off. And, uh, yeah, it was about 20 minutes later. He goes, bro, I need to tell you something. I was like, what? He goes, oh, man, I didn't push record. Oh, I was like, like what? He's like, I didn't press record. I was like, oh. But like my whole situation with those things is like, I would have liked to have known sooner. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing. All my teams know if you if you fuck up, <laughs> just tell me straight away. Yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah fast. Straight, yeah, straight because up. I don't actually care. Like I have... Like I'm pissed, but like I, that's not what's happening in my world. Yeah. My immediate thing is to deal with the issue. Mm -hmm. So if you make a mistake, how do we fix it? That's it straight away. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, like I'm like he's having all this internal dialogue about himself about how he's <laughs> gonna break it, and and I'm just like, okay, what is it? And he goes, I didn't press record. I was like, okay, um, can somebody go over there, reschedule the interview, talk to this person that I would, mm -hmm. then we'll get him back tomorrow. Cool. Okay, done. And I'll be pissed off later. Yeah. Because I just got work to do. Mm. And so I think that's like everybody knows. Like if you make a big error, I know it's a big thing for you, but we just got to fix it straight away. Mm. And that's all. Like I just, I want the facts, deal with it, mm. done, move we'll on. It. We'll move on. We'll, 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 we'll bring it up and uh, hold it against you at the Christmas party. But <laughs> like it's, it's a funny thing because like we always did some wild shit on those <laughs> On those, on those, trips. on those, yeah, trips. <laughs> it was really cool because there was a, an, a the the company has an allowance mm -hmm. that you can have for mm -hmm. a, a hotel allowance. Yeah, entertainment allowance, hotel allowance, hotel allowance. Mm -hmm. So what we figured out though mm -hmm. is that actually, if we pulled our allowance, mm -hmm. we can get like a like a crib on, on Airbnb. Mm -hmm. So nice, we would nice. go around and we're like, we got this penthouse on the Ooh, water in the harbor in Melbourne. Wow, it was like top floor. Oh. And it was all within budget. Mm -hmm. 
And but like you could just pull everybody out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pull together. Man, tell me about it. I know that because um I, I used to be working in the uh, oil and gas industry for a couple of years. Right. That's, and, the, that's, <laughs> the, that's the next level of balling out. <laughs> and then you know, there's a lot of money in those things, you know, and you have a lot of you know, you travel overseas, you have meetings yeah. with some big clients here and there, and you know, obviously they'll give you like um entertainment allowances you know you've got to make an impression and you got to make them happy bro yeah you know what i mean so like you you spend money and like you're not worried about that you want to secure that contract you know like in a way (laughs) i wouldn't say bribery (laughs) it's not the best word to just greasing the wheels of industry (laughs) greasing the wheels of industry so man you have this crazy you know events dinners outings and all sorts you know and you got to be smart with how you use your money yeah yeah yeah. some companies some bosses they're very generous yeah so there's no cap (laughs) so there's no caps you know some of those stingy ones like you gotta make you know you gotta make it work with what you have yeah, it's different when it's your own money too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah, like I used to be the guy that was pulling all the uh, the hotel and expenses. Now yeah. I'm like, don't you do that. <laughs> don't you try. I know all the tricks. But, uh, you know, at the back of my mind, I know this guy who's sending his kid to a private school that costs $30,000 a year. So I know this guy's got a few bucks lying around. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, what is a few thousand dollars? Is, 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 it's just barely a scratch. You yeah, know? It is for a lot of people, it is. Yeah, um, and uh, well, back to, you know, that, and when he told us, you know, about that, like, I, you know, I really built a picture of you in my head, you know, uh-huh. uh, what kind of person you are. But when he told me that, I was like, man, you know, uh, in a way, you know, he he actually taught you, like, France, you know, he you actually taught him a lot in that one day, Yeah. at that particular incident, mm. like, I think that really is, will shape him for... Yeah. What he's gonna be and what he's gonna bring later on in his life, man, and like that was so, that that's empowering, you know. Like mm. it's a small, you know. Well, some people might say it's big, but you know, to me, like that's a small matter. But just from what he can learn from that, and having you know the empathy, mm. and being able to uh, kind of prioritize what's what you got to deal with first, you know, that's so. I, I just don't get it. I don't get mm. like people losing this shit. Yeah, you have those people, like, they just go nuts. Bro, their ego is out of control. Mm. Like, that's all ego, man. Like, ego is the worst thing. It is. It's dangerous, man. Yeah, bro, it's dangerous. Like, know your stuff and be confident, Mm. but to be egotistical is not to be confident. Mm. To be egotistical is to exercise your ego, (laughs) yeah? And so, um, we don't, like, why? Mm -hmm. Why blow up, like? We don't need to. If I, if, if I did, I would just be trying to front, look good in front of the CEO. Mm. But you know what? That makes me a dick. It does. It so does. Mm-hmm. I don't roll like that. Man, that's crazy. Anyway, Pat, we've come to the section now. I want to ask you wise words from the wise men. Okay. Right. So, Pat. Is this a new section or? <laughs> <laughs> this actually has been going on for a while. From, okay. uh, it started okay. from uh, David David Neath, uh, who's the uh, mindset performance coach that we had on All before. Right, great. Um, real good dude. Anyway, for people who are watching, listening, what advice would you give them? It's in general, anybody. It doesn't have to be a particular group of people. It can be anything. Hmm. Like the, the... For me, it is about a particular group of people. Okay. It's about indigenous people Mm. um 
no matter where you are in the world. And, you know, it's the recognition that the current system was not set up for us to succeed. It was not set up for us to win. It was set up for us to be a cog or a nut screw in somebody else's machine, in somebody else's game. The whole system, education system, employment system, not set up for us, Western concept. And so we need to recognize that. We need to understand that. And we need to compete and contend with that in mind. We need to be better than the equivalent non-Indigenous person, right? Two, three, four times better. That's our reality. Like if you really want to succeed, you gotta be better than the, than the other guy, a lot better than the other guy. Um, and you gotta recognize that, you know, a lot of people will spend a lot of time in their life trying to get a seat at the big table. That's just a seat at the systems table. And if you get there, bruh, they probably just got you there in a tokenistic gesture of um, diversity and inclusion or whatever it may be. And so I would encourage people to go out there and build your own table. Set it up just how you want it. Put the seats around it and gather your people around it. The best, the brightest, the most brilliant. Don't try to change their game. Create your own game. <laughs> that was a perfect timing for that. <laughs> Create your own game, man. Mm. Play your own game and be better because you need to be better if you want to win. Do that. Do that. Stop trying to fight to get a voice at the at the table, a seat at the table. Go make your own fariki. Go weave a mat. Do whatever you do, but create your own version of whatever it is that you aspire to have in your life for yourself and for your people. Well, that's a powerful message, Pat. I like that one. Um, before we go, last one, Pat. <clears throat> Tell us a little bit about... Um, your future plans, you know, near future, what are, what are some of the big things or uh, what are some of your goals and uh, what do you want to see happen? Yeah, okay. Just a little question to end. Um, number one, I want my family to be healthy and, and to be well and to be happy um, and for my children to find their purpose, whatever that may be, and live that that's the big goal. Um, uh, I don't care if I have to support them their whole lives until they find it. And I don't care if they flunk out of school and I don't care about even any of that stuff. Just find your purpose, young man, and go live it. And I'm here to help you do that. That's the big plan for my life. What am I going to do in business? Uh, we'll launch a new Monarchy app and we'll have a crack at um, building a global advisory platform wow. off the back of the new uh, Monarchy app. I want to scale choice to at least a million dollars a month um, in 2021. And then I want to do another platform. My team will hate me saying this. This is probably the first time I've verbalized it in public. <laughs> <laughs> I 
But I, I learned a lot from that scholarship experience. I learned a lot that people actually do give a shit and like everybody kind of romanticizes about being able to go back to their old high school as the, as the winner. Mm -hmm. You know, you went out there, you did well and they'd like to give back and they want to help. And so um, what I want to do is launch a platform that enables people to uh, start their own scholarship and crowdsource the resource for that scholarship. Wow. And so you can go back and do exactly what I did and we'll have the whole platform there to, you know, create the application and to, you know, crowdsource the funds or whatever it is that you're trying to crowdsource or the people, the networks, put the scholarship live, award the scholarship to a person. I think if we can do that at scale, like, you know, remove that barrier to that mm -hmm. person, getting to the best person in life and to fast track them and, you know, and we can do that in our most... Um, Take away all those barriers. Yeah, and uh, and do it by, like, do it for millions of people. Mm. Do it for millions of people and use it as a tool to empower the next generation, particularly Indigenous people. Um, that's the that's the big thing that I want to go after next year. Man, there's some pretty big plans, Pat, but uh, I'm, I'm very sure you're already a great father, so you can only get better. <laughs> Thank you. You know, and, uh, you know, I, I, you know, my, when you say all this, like for me as a dad, you know, well, as a son and as a dad, like yeah. I have two perspectives on that, you know, and like uh, it, it, it kind of pushes me and drives me to have, you know, to do something similar or to do something better or, you know, that's, that's, that's really important to me as well. And, you know, just being that support system for your boys, you know, it's it's incredible, and the 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 you know you kind of leading by example as well, mm. you know, doing your stuff, not being afraid to chase these things, and uh, you know, as as a kid who's looking at that from a dad, and especially the story you know you told me about your son doing all this, like man, he must be learning a lot of things from you without you realizing, you know, mm. and I hope so, and um, I'm pretty sure they're gonna be you know. They're gonna do some pretty amazing things, whatever it might be, you know. To them, it's the most amazing thing, and to you, it will be as well, you know. Mm -hmm. And with regards to your business, the plans that you have, and um, you know, knowing you and the people, some of the people around you, like if if there's anybody who can't do this, bro, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's gonna be you. Thanks. You know, and uh, you know, the the family, your fam, like the companies, like your family, mm. can't yeah. go wrong there, man. And you look at like. City Kickboxing Gym. Yeah. It's a family. You yeah. Know? The reason why they're the best gym in the world, they have some of the best fighters in the world, it's because they're a family, man. Yeah. And you, 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 you have that family in your company. You know, you have an amazing team and uh, who, you know, they just, you're all just feeding off each other, bro. You know? And that's so awesome to have a, you know, talking about being a leader, a boss and a leader, you know, and, you know, just, being that example and uh, you know it's it's so it's so addictive you know <laughs> talking about you know like playing blackjack having that addiction you know you're addicted to this growth to mm. this expansion mm. and success you know it's amazing and uh, I'm sure a lot of people people who they, you know the very very fortunate people who are around you will feed off you and they'll you know gain so much from you and uh, also uh, recently you were looking for someone to fill up a position uh, in your company, which you're still looking for as well. Have you found someone yet or? For which one? 
We just like doubled the size of our organization in the last <laughs> month. Oh man! So I, I think uh, for those who might be interested, like check out Pet's uh, Instagram. So he's put up. Uh, I think there's a few positions that are. Yeah, there is. Uh, there are a, quite a few roles. Yeah. Everywhere. So if you think you fit that position and you want to be in great company and uh, you know you want to be the best, work with the best. Yeah. Only one place to go. Thank you, brother. Anyway, Pat, I don't want to take up too much of your time today. Thank you very much for coming down and doing this podcast with me. Just a small podcaster, small Let's YouTube go. channel. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Thank you very much, Pat. Cheers, brother. brother. <laughs> My man. Yes, us. Hey, guys. Ali here. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast. We appreciate your love and your support. If you're not already on board, please do follow us on here and share it with your friends and family. If you prefer a visual experience, our videos are actually up on YouTube at The Ali Channel. Please don't forget to subscribe, like and share and leave a comment or feedback if you like. And also you can follow us on our socials at the underscore Ali underscore channel for Instagram and on our Facebook page at The Ali Channel. We'll see you soon.